0: and we're live. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Inclusive Leadership in a Virtual World weekly podcast. My name is Matthew Cahill. I'm the president of the Percipio Company, and we've framed three questions that we ask each of our weekly facilitators to capture their unique perspective and approach within their respective workplace when it comes to inclusive leadership. Today, we have none other than Robert Gillette, who's going to be speaking to us, sharing with us his insights. He is an incredible IT executive. Welcome to our podcast, Robert.
1: Well, thank you very much, Matthew. Uh, For those of you listening, I don't know if you know this, but Matthew was one of my favorite people in the whole world. And uh, I very much miss getting together with him in real life and, and uh, hugging and sharing coffee and those kinds of things. So
0: Aww, you had me at hello, Robert. <laughs> All right, let's jump in with the first question. As an inclusive leader, what is unique
1: about your approach? <laughs> well, hey, man, I want to be a team player here, but man, there's nothing new under the sun. So what I think is unique about my approach, probably about me personally is I have bucked most of my life against formality. A lot of people, especially when young people, you know, I'm a little bit young and I'm always swinging above my age weight, so to speak. I've always, as the young guy in the room, I always felt like I was underdressed. I always felt like I was uh, undergroomed and I'm just a very casual, informal person in general. And what I found as I dove into this professional world of, of provisors, which was a big step up for me, from you know, just the IT world, was that there was actually an asset for me. It's that it allowed my authenticity to bleed through and authenticity, vulnerability, that's the new currency in the world we live in today. And so this idea that instead of trying to look like what I think an IT executive should look like, I just tried to act and look like myself. Mm-hmm. And, and had to be comfortable with this idea that if that turns you the wrong way, we're probably going to disagree on lots of things. And so I should just be comfortable with that instead of pretending to be something I'm not.
0: Yeah. And that's not somebody you want to get close enough to to do business with anyway. So, yeah, I
1: mean, it's, it's unsustainable. You right. know, um, I don't want people to be tricked. I want them. But it's, it's weird when you show up and you're the only guy in an untucked button down in a room full of suits you know, it's, and you're already young and it's a thing you have to come to grips with, but that's who I am. And I leaned into it. And when I did, I found that it got me more success and more influence than when I tried to hide who I was. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's all sorts of biases
0: that are in play and you're disrupting all of them. Fantastic. How about this? What is your favorite silver lining of this COVID world that we've have found ourselves in. What is this, your favorite silver lining of living and working in a virtual universe?
1: You know, uh, there's a lot of things that I could I could explain about. Especially, I'm in IT. This is a great time to be in IT. Uh, talk. I mean, for goodness sake, name to me a company that's in business that doesn't need technology these days. But the one that I think has been my personal favorite silver lining has been the fact that I get to work from home uh, with my kids who are here all the time. The downside is they're here all the time. They're in the next room right now. I hope you can't hear my son singing, but this idea that I always, when I told, when I got into sales, I told my wife that I would never, or I would try to either get the kids up in the morning or put them to bed, but I would I would try not miss both. I would miss one, but not, not both. And now I can do, I both and still put in the eight or 10 hours a day that I need to, to be successful. And so for me, that's been my, my personal benefit. And uh, I, I won't continue to prattle along about the, the many great things for the informational worker that have been great for, for, for this pandemic, but.
0: Yeah, man, I've been saying, I've been getting a lot of mileage out of, I love measuring my commute in steps rather than miles or minutes.
1: Love Absolutely. That. You know, I do want to also though, I'm going to be that guy that's going to point out that most, not everyone in the world gets to have this experience. There's a lot of people that haven't had this benefit. And so we do need to point out that like, it is a silver lining for me, but I, I also am cognizant of the fact that a lot of people don't get that. So that's why I really want to call it a blessing. It's a, it's a blessing and it's a privilege. It's
0: rooted in privilege. So mm-hmm doesn't go without acknowledging that. Thank you. What about our final question? Think big, 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 big picture. What systemic disruption do we need to see more of in the world and why?
1: Mm, If there's one thing that I would love for everyone to get really, really good at, it's understanding, identifying, and sidestepping automated communication. Mm. Uh, and it's one of those things that probably every every person that's ever had a sales role is just cursing at me uh, for that right now. But you know, I bought a tool that will allow me to reach out to a hundred people a day on LinkedIn and try and connect with them and set follow-up messages for like 30 bucks a month. So that means I can inconvenience a hundred people a day with automated messaging. And I'm telling you, I I ran it for a while because I was trying to launch my own podcast. Um, And I tell you, half the people don't know, they can't identify that it's it's a tool bothering them. They think it's me copying and pasting stuff into LinkedIn. And if we as a society could just build a muscle around identifying that kind of automated messaging, not only would we be bothered less by people trying to sell us stuff, but it's actually the number one way people get hacked. is falling prey to automated messaging. And that's really, it's just, say that's the same thing, it's sales. It's people are trying to sell you on the idea that you have to click this, but instead of talking to your conscious brain, they're talking to your lizard brain and trying to get you to click on things you shouldn't click on. And that is the number one way people get hacked or have security incidents. And if we could just teach people to be what i call cautiously suspicious just like or ca- have cautious distrust a little bit of suspicion when we see an email to not trust so quickly and maybe ask who sent this why did they send it you know if we could learn to do that i feel like all of us would be so much better off
0: you always have not only useful tidbits tricks but big powerful insights so how do people get a hold of you if they want to
1: connect with you? Uh, thank you uh, so, so much for, for your compliment. I can't move past that without saying something, but uh, LinkedIn is a great place to hunt me down. I've got my email. I've got my phone number there. Um, you know, you can uh, email me. I, I just, I also launched my own podcast, which is reclaimingsales.com. You can check that out, but yeah, LinkedIn is a great place. Beautiful. Thank you, Robert. Thank you.